0: Everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we wanna thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. All right, today we are talking about authority in marriage. Singles, don't check out on me because this one is especially For you. I have to give some introductory remarks before I get into the depth of this talk because it's going to be very, very tempting for the wives here to think about their husbands when we go through this material. You're going to be like, oh, get him, Ed, get him. Hit him a lick, hit him a lick, harder, harder. Don't go there. Men, it would be very tempting for us as husbands to go. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so glad she heard that. We'll just smile confidently and just, (laughs) you know. We all carry a bunch of baggage and junk and funk and presuppositions to the table when we think about authority in the home. So I'm gonna ask you to press the delete button to clear the decks of all of that junk and to simply say, God, show me your truth because we're gonna open God's truth, his word, and talk about what the scripture says regarding authority in marriage. This is a towering topic with huge implications. I hate to carry umbrellas. I really do. I, I, I don't like it. Lisa always carries an umbrella. A while back, it was raining cats and dogs. I mean, it was coming down in sheets. Lisa had her umbrella, and we had to walk together from one building to another building. So with her holding her umbrella, she said, honey, come underneath my umbrella, and I think we can make it to the building without getting wet. So she's holding the umbrella, and here I am like this, and I'm getting drenched. And she said, this is not working. I said, no, it's not. So she handed me the umbrella. I took the umbrella, and she she got close to me, and we walked in concert together to the other building. We even got a couple of kisses in. It was a beautiful thing. What is a husband's job description in Scripture? One word. It can, be, it can be summarized in one word. This is our job description. If you're single or you're a student or if you're married, this is, this is our job description in this beautiful relationship called marriage. One word. Sacrifice. Men, say it with me. Sacrifice. One more time sacrifice that's our job description now let's talk to the ladies women the bible i'm talking about god's word says that your job description can be summarized in one word women say it with me submission i know it hurts <laughs> smile when you say let's go submission Now, when you said the S word, a a lot of you, I'm talking to women now, have these whacked out views of what the word means, and hopefully, as we unpack the depth, the richness of Scripture, of authority in marriage, you'll leave this worship service with an aha in your mind. Like, aha, now I get it. Now I see the genius of God. A man, though, is superior to a woman in being a man. (laughs) A woman is superior to a man in being a woman. God made us different for a reason. Men are to be men and women are to be women. God does not want any she-men or he-women. We're unique and we're different so we can be one. God always works through authority. We've been talking about that around here. God is all about authority. It's who He is. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, equal in form, unique in function. We have authority and submission going on in the nature and character of God Himself. God always works through authority. We need to get under those things that God has placed over us so we can get over those things God has placed under us. But most people live this one and only life without realizing that whole concept. They just walk around like this. Here's the authority of God, and they're getting hammered by hell, H-E-L-L. They're getting pelted by all the problems, drenched in dysfunction. How crazy does this look? Okay, there's the authority of God, but I'll do my own thing, man, yeah. I'm ready for life. No, you're not. No, you're not. How do we understand God's authority in marriage? We understand God's authority in marriage as we stand under his authority. We stand under his umbrella of authority. God uses authority figures and authority systems to mold us and to make us and to shape us into greatness. Some of the guys are saying, Well, man, I want to control my life. I want to call the shots. Listen very carefully. If you want to control your life, if you want to gain control of your life, you've got to give up control. Because the moment you give up control, that is when you gain control. Men, it's all about sacrifice. That's your job description, that's my job description. The Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man. Hello. And the head of Christ is God. As I've said before, anything with no head is dead, and anything with two heads is a freak. <laughs> husbands, you'll get that later, some of you. husbands. I'm not talking, nor is God talking about rights, I'm talking about responsibility. God in His sovereignty has placed the leadership of the relationship, He's placed the umbrella of authority in the hands of the man. The husband is to be the leader of the relationship. Just the word husband comes from two words, house band, the husband is to band the house together. We're to lead. We're to hold the umbrella. The wife is to come alongside the husband under God's authority and under his authority as we do life together. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Scripture says, the head of the woman is man. It's our responsibility. Do you remember when Eve ate the sun-kissed orange and sinned. Do you remember that? Adam and Eve tried to play this cosmic hide-and-go-seek game with God. What did God say to them in Genesis 3? You know what God said? Adam, where are you? He didn't say Eve. He said, Adam, the guy holding the umbrella, the guy who was responsible, Adam, where are you? And that's the same question I want to pose to all of the guys in the house, especially the husbands and those singles who were thinking about hooking up and walking down the wedding runner. Men, where are you? Husbands, where are you? As I talk about this topic, a lot of things are going through our minds. A lot of things are kind of rebounding back and forth and we're going, whoa, this is, this is some serious stuff. This, this, this is gonna call for some change and some, and some tweaking and yes, it will. But if you want the best for your life and God, believe me, wants the best for you, it's all about standing beneath his authority. You'll never achieve your ultimate position until you live a life of submission. First of all, guys, submission to God, secondly, submission to others, and then you've got to do a white-knuckle grip on the umbrella, because you're the leader. Galatians 3, verse 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. The playing field is level at the foot of the cross, it's level. We're different, and we're different, because of because of this oneness thing. Ephesians five twenty five. This is, man, a cool verse, but a very convicting verse to me as a husband, husbands, or you could you put your name there. I would say Ed, love Lisa, just as Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whoa, that's my job description. I'm to love Lisa. How? Like Jesus loves the church. We're the church. What's the church? A colossal collection of moral foul-ups. We're fallen infallible. Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I've got to love Lisa. That's my example as Jesus loved the church. Well, how did Jesus love the church? I'm I'm glad you asked that question. He loved the church sacrificially. Sacrificially. Check this out. There was a cosmic chasm caused by sin. Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and rose again. He took the initiative to bridge the gap, to bring me to God, As a man, as a husband, I'm to take the initiative in spiritual things, in leadership things. Obviously, Lisa is superior to me in many areas. I'm superior to her in a few areas. We have authority and submission going on. I submit, she submits. But the buck has to stop with someone. There's got to be a leader. And the buck stops. With me as the man, as the husband, and the buck stops with you. But a lot of guys have gone, Whoa, man, that's too heavy. Forget that stuff. And you're getting hammered by hell, H E L L, drenched in dysfunction. You can't even see the umbrella anymore. You're just like doing what you want to do. Yeah, I think I should do this and we should do that. And you've got battles going on. Now and then, you might find an umbrella. Whoa, found an umbrella. And maybe your wife finds an umbrella and you go, (laughs) Unguard! How crazy does that look? Sometimes, guys, we've just said, Okay, honey, you take the umbrella. And we're trying to do life like that. Getting drenched. How nutty was it when I let Lisa hold the umbrella? It didn't work out. Other times we give the umbrella to the kids. Oh, it's about you. Hey, kids, you take it. You're our authority. We will orbit our lives around you. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to go to church? What do you feel like doing? How are you? Oh, really? Is that what you feel? Well, who cares about us? No, no, no. We're not leaders. We just are your buddy or your friend. We're, we're your coach. No, no. We're not your parents. We're not leading. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He loved it. Sacrificially, He gave it all. He took the initiative. And that means if Lisa is 99.9% wrong and I'm 0.1% wrong as the spiritual leader, as the umbrella fella, I am to take the initiative and reconcile the relationship. I don't say, hey, Lisa, you blew it. You're 99.9% wrong. I'm only 0.1% wrong. ha, <laughs> ha. No, I don't do that. I say, honey, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Jesus loves us sacrificially. He gave it all for you and for me. He put it on the line. And ladies, if your husband is loving you like that, mm-mm, mm-mm-mm, Husbands, love your wives sacrificially. Ed, love Lisa sacrificially. Also, husbands, love your wives selflessly, selflessly. That's the second way we should love our wives. Jesus loved us selflessly. What did he do? The Bible says he submitted his will to the will of the Father. He lived this perfect life, died on the Roman cross, rose again. He submitted his will to the fathers. So I, as a, a man, as the husband to Lisa, I have to submit my will to God's will. What's God's will? For me to love Lisa like Jesus loved the church. That's God's will. And I've got to be willing to die for her, and I die to myself. I die to Ed's wishes, Ed's wants, Ed's egos, Ed's sins, Ed's rebellions, Ed's authority issues. That is my job description. Whoa. I'm to love Lisa sacrificially, selflessly. I'm also to love her steadfastly, steadfastly. Jesus loves us with a love that's consistent. It never stops. I ask you, when does Jesus ever drop the umbrella and walk out on the church? Answer me that question. Never, never, ever, ever. He's totally committed to us. And guys, husbands, too many of us have dropped the umbrella and walked out on our marriage. We've treated the marriage like a contract, always looking for loopholes, not a covenant. Yeah, but it's better for the kids. Ask the kids. Yeah, God just wants me to be happy. No, he doesn't. He wants you to be a covenant keeper. Well, it's better that way. You're a liar. It's a covenant before God. You don't feel your way into a commitment. Yeah, I feel it, so it must be real. I'll go ahead and stay in the game. It's not about feelings. It's not about emotion. It's not about the quiver in the liver. It's about commitment, and feelings will follow. Until you get that down, you will never, ever, 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 ever understand God's beauty, his authority, or your responsibility as a man. When did Jesus walk out on the church? When does Jesus turn his back on us? Never, ever. We have too many weak men, too many guys who are just going, okay, no, I don't want to leave. Too much, man, too many responsibility. Also, there are some men and some women, and the man wants to leave, and the wife will say, oh yeah, I want my husband to be a spiritual leader, but ladies, you will not let him. You say, oh, I want leadership, but down deep, you don't want to be led. And you've got to deal with that junk. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands likewise, likewise dwell with them, them being women, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. As the weaker vessel. Ooh. As the weaker vessel. That's true about women. As being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. The weaker vessel. Question, ladies, you answer it. What's weaker, steel or gold? Gold. You're gold. You're not steel husbands are steel, steel steel-headed, the men of steel. What's more expensive? What's more precious? What's weaker, silk or old blue denim with holes in it that you pay for? (laughs) Ladies, you're silk. You're precious. You're awesome. You're beautiful. Guys, we're just like Old blue denim. (laughs) Treat and love your wife that way. Put her on a pedestal. She's looking for someone to lead, someone to protect her, someone to love her passionately and with purpose and power and strength. Well, Ed, are you saying that I, like, lose my personality? No, ladies, No you discover who you really are. And guys, you discover who you really are as well because here's the beautiful picture. When you walk together under the authority of God and when the husband is the leader, what happens? You get closer and closer to each other and you become one. God made us different for a reason. What's the reason? Oneness. Think of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what do you have? Oneness. When a man and woman have sexual intercourse, what do you have? Oneness before God, they are one. They walk and talk in concert together. Spiritually, they're on the same page. Emotionally, they're on the same page. Physically, they're on the same page. In every realm and every slice of life, that's the beauty of marriage. So husbands, what's our job description? One word, sacrifice. Hey ladies, what's your number one job description? Submit. If I had a choice, like Ed, would you rather sacrifice or submit? I choose submit any day of the week. But it first starts with the husband. We're the initiator. It first starts with us. Now let's switch gears and talk to the ladies here. We're going to talk about submission. Here's what I feel like as a pastor. I feel like I'm in a tiny wooden rowboat. And I'm rowing up to all these women at Fellowship Church in this big honking battleship. And ladies, you're behind those giant machine guns aimed at my tiny wooden rowboat. And I take out my tiny little Bible with Ed Young on the front, and I read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, which says, "'Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord.'" Let me say that again. "'Wives.'" Submit to your husbands. The word submit, you know what it means, ladies? It means to come under. That's all it means. Wives, submit to your husband as, don't miss that, as to the Lord. You remember, husbands, what I read to you out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. So men and women... We've got to get our as in gear. (laughs) Husbands, how do you sacrifice as Christ? Ladies, how do you submit as to the Lord? Look at verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. That's his responsibility now, his body of which he's the Savior. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything, in everything. Whenever I talk about the S word, women man the battle stations on this big ship, and you can hear, I am woman, hear me roar, numbers too big to ignore. Let me tell you what submission is not. Ladies, submission is not mindless obedience. It's not, well, my husband tells me to jump. I say, how high? That's not it. Don't even go there. It's not this manipulative deal. Well, I'll whine and dine and seduce him into my way of thinking because I know women are smarter than men. That's a fact. And they're so smart, they can make us think we're leading, but in reality, we're not. So it's not about manipulating your husband. That's not submission. It's not about masquerading like, yeah, on the outside, I'm like the separate wife. I will, I will submit. But on the inside, he is a self-centered jerk. Women who are aiming for equality with men are aiming too low, but I'll just, you know... That's not it. It's your job description. First, if your husband is being the spiritual leader and loving you sacrificially, selflessly, steadfastly, you have no problem coming under his authority. And your personality will go to the next level. You discover, ladies, who you were wired up to be. I'll say it once again. I am inferior to Lisa in many areas. In those areas, I submit to her. In the areas where maybe I'm superior, she submits to me. We have the mutual submission going on. But the buck stops with me. I have got the umbrella. I lead out in spiritual things. I lead out in reconciliation. I lead out, I should, in conversation and all those things. I'm not perfect. I have a long way to go. Many times there are holes in my umbrella. I've got to go, whoa, man, I'm getting wet. But it's about sacrifice, and it's about submission. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. After the fall of man, after Eve ate the sun-kissed orange, after God said, Adam, where are you?" Okay, check out what he said. This is the result of sin in the marriage. I just found this out this week as I studied this stuff. To the woman, God said, you desire, in the Hebrew, it's teshukwa. You desire, you teshuquah will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Now, most of us would think, oh, what's so big about that? Teshukwa, that means, surely, that I should, you know, go after a man. I'll have a desire for a man. I want to, you know, as a woman, be with the man and get married. It doesn't mean that. This word desire, Cheshachwa, means to usurp his authority. Because of sin, because of man's rebellion, we will have this struggle, this, this classic struggle in the home over authority, over authority issues. It's my umbrella. No, it's my umbrella. And then we start fighting it. This also means, this word desire means that husbands will be tempted to take authority and abuse it in the home. So these are some serious issues. And if you have authority issues in your marriage, you have an issue with God. If you have an issue with leadership, an issue with sacrifice, an issue with submission, whatever it is, you have an issue with God, with God. Well, how does this stuff play out on the rugged plains of Of reality. How does this stuff play out when you're walking through the rain? Let's talk about the big three. Let's talk about finances. Authority and submission over finances. Financial turmoil is one of the number one causes of divorce. Usually, someone hooks up, they walk down the wedding runner. One is more of a free spender, the other one is is, is more like conservative and all that. you know, I'll take the umbrella. I'll get the umbrella, and then we start fighting. I want to spend money and forget the umbrella. You save too much, and, and you try to control me with finances. And blah 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 blah. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Call in the lawyers to pick up the pieces. That's what happens, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it is. One of the biggest mistakes Lisa and I ever made happened before we got married. We did not receive premarital counseling please, please get some premarital counseling. I didn't read any books on marriage. I didn't listen to any tapes on marriage. I didn't see a Christian counselor. And that's why we talk about marriage so much here. And we've, we've written a book called The Creative Marriages. And like it's fourth printing. It'll be coming out again soon. Read a book like that or a book like in, in one of our bookstores or, or go to a great Christian counselor. We have them on our websites. Before you get married, please, I beg you, but... Talk about finances because here's what happened to Lisa and I. We walked down the wedding runner. We're married for a couple of months. And, man, financially we go, man, what's, what's wrong with us? Something's happening. We had arguments and stuff over finances. And I was in seminary. And she was working full time. And I was trying to work full time too. So it was an authority issue. We both had to get beneath God's authority for financial freedom. God says, the first thing we're to do is we're to bring the tithe into the local house of worship. 10%, I'm not talking about giving. We're not giving, we're bringing it. You will not be under the authority of God until you bring 10% of your income to your local church. It's not gonna happen for you. So we started doing that 24 years ago. 10%, okay God, here it is. The Bible also says we should save. S-A-V-E, save. We begin to save just a little bit of money. Save. 24 years ago, we're gonna save Ten, 10%. We started really at about 5%, then we worked out, well, yeah, to 10%. And then you got 80% you can enjoy. And don't freak out over that. Enjoy the 80%. You can shop and spend money for the glory of God. Some of you are all conservative and tight. Loosen up! Some of you are like, okay, I'm gonna buy this and buy that. Don't do that. There's a balance there 10, 10, 80. And for us to get to that point, we had to, 24 years ago, sell one of our cars, downsize in our home. But now, because we've developed that pattern and live by that pattern, we're enjoying the fruits of God's blessings, even financially. Are you doing that? Have you submitted to God's authority? I don't know. It's a big issue. How about kids? Kids are amazing. They can divide and conquer, can't they? Dad, what do you think? Well, mom. Oh, really? Hey, dad, mom said this and... Oh, no. They've separated. They're dividing. They're trying to conquer. Well, what do you do? It's all about authority. Kids want authority. They're screaming for authority. They want to see authority and submission in marriage. So as wise parents, if we have kind of a sticking point, We huddle up away from the kids and say, okay, you said this, but okay, really? Okay, that's great. Okay, yeah, all right. We will present a united front because we're under the authority of God and because we walk in concert together. Here is the deal. Together. And then your kids who are screaming for authority, they're screaming for boundaries, will see that. And then when they start dating, they'll look for that in the person they're dating. The little girls will go, hey, man, he is holding the umbrella. This guy is an umbrella fella. I like that. He reminds me of my father. The guy will say, whoa, look at her. She has a servant's heart, a heart of maturity. I, I, I like that. I like that. I mean, when we become a Christ follower, what happens? We say, Jesus, man, I've been ambushed by your grace and mercy and power. Jesus, uh, I want to serve you. I submit my all to you, Lord. God does not want our cold-hearted servility. He doesn't do the manipulation thing, ladies. He doesn't want us to masquerade around. He doesn't want us to, to have this mindless obedience. We want to serve him. We want to love him. And that's this beautiful thing that we're talking about, this this. This sacrifice thing and this submission thing. Finances, kids, man. Don't give the umbrella of authority to your kids. Woo. Sex. Let's talk about sex. (laughs) I hear now and then in marriage, one is in the mood and one's not in the mood sometimes. Does that happen? Surely it's just a rumor. Everybody always gets quiet talking about Sex. I'm doing a series on sex, beginning the weekend after Labor Day. It's called Love Affair. You do not want to miss this one. It's the second most important place to be able to talk about sex. First, in the home, secondly, at church. So if you have a problem with it, build a bridge and get over it. So, (laughs) what happens when one is in the mood and one is not in the mood? What do you do then? What do you do? Well, the Bible says, Stop depriving one another except for a time of prayer. And then it goes on to say that both the husband and the wife must agree to pray together, and that's the only reason you should say no to, one of, to one's sexual advances. That's the only reason, mutual mutual agreed-upon prayer. So I guess the excuse now will not be, honey, I've got a headache, but honey, let's pray. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way, though. (laughs) Whenever, whenever one party says no, you don't want to say, like, no. Don't ever do that. No. No. You can say no, but say no with the 24-hour rule. No tomorrow morning. No tomorrow uh, afternoon. No tomorrow night. Don't just say no. The act of marriage is the glue. It's the super glue. For this cause, the man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's why I laugh so much when people talk about sex in a casual way. <laughs> yeah, they just had sex. I mean, making love. And <laughs> Sex is so holy. It's so powerful. It's so incredible. When the sperm and the egg meet, you have the beginning of an eternal soul. How profound is that? So what do you do when one's in the mood, one's not in the mood? You can say, no, now and then, but not very much. No, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Authority and submission. You're submitting one to another. First of all, you're submitting to God. You're submitting to the other desires of the maiden. It works financially, and it works with the kids. It works in the life of intimacy in every way, every single way. Men, sacrifice. Women, submit. Submit. Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit as to the Lord. As to the Lord. When does Jesus force you to do anything? He never does. We do it because of love. He first loved us. Guys, you see the picture? (laughs) I don't know how Scripture could do a better job in spelling it out. It's God's Word. How about singles? Some of the singles are going, well, man, when are the newsboys coming back, man? Oh, you singles, you had better listen to this so carefully. I mean, you better be like, oh, yeah. Ladies, you look for a guy who's an umbrella fella, he better be standing under the authority. Of God, because that's the place of blessing, the place of protection, the place of peace, and the place of uniqueness. So you better look at this guy you're thinking about dating, or maybe you're dating him now. Is he an umbrella fella? Well, he is. Well, wait a minute. Go through the seasons the fall, the winter, the spring, and the summer. Watch him weather some storms and see if he's still under the authority of God. See if he's still that umbrella fella. Now, some ladies, some Christian ladies, have a vice grip on the umbrella. And they still want to get married when they just see somebody with pants on. They don't care about an umbrella or not. They grab him around the neck and, oh, we're walking down the aisle together. (laughs) No, 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 no. Some singles come to church and, umbrella? (laughs) They're being pelted by problems, drenched in dysfunction, all the junk and funk. And whoa, do you see that? Man. <laughs> oh, girl, look at him. Did you see what kind of car he was driving? I mean, just, you can't even find the umbrella. It's all about the umbrella. So, in a great dating relationship, a great dating relationship, The the man should have the umbrella. The woman should have the umbrella of God's authority. Then when they date, the man takes the umbrella. That's his responsibility, the whole sacrifice thing doing. And then the, the woman is submitting. So you have a picture, a microcosm of dating, of a healthy dating relationship that should reflect a healthy marriage, that should reflect Christ's relationship to the church. And let me say this, man, the best place to meet your spouse is in church. The church should be a social place. It is a social place. That's why we call ourselves Fellowship Church. Fellowship is all about relationship and community and all that. Hey, guys, where are you? I mean, that's that's the question I've got to ask you. Where are you? That's what God said. Ladies, where are you? Are you trying to walk? through life like this? The wife holding the umbrella, and husbands, you're kind of out here like this? Are you fighting each other with the umbrellas? Are the umbrellas gone? Have you given the umbrella to the kid? Or guys, husbands, are you holding the umbrella? Are you leading in love and loyalty, and passion, and purity the way God wants. Because we'll never understand marriage until we stand under God's authority.